You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. Here on Dirty Feet, we are celebrating with uh, an interview with some awesome people, because that's what we do here at Dirty Feet. Uh, we're going to be talking about dance. Uh, I can't tell you too much how the uh, conversation is going to go today, because we're going to be talking a bit about improvisation. We're going to be talking a bit about multidisciplinary work. Uh, we're going to be talking about, who knows, we'll see where it goes. Uh, we've got some returning faces. We've got some new guests. We're actually going to be having uh, our host, Stephanie Morin-Robert, sit on the other end of the table today and join this conversation. We also have uh, Greg Salinger from Body Slam, and we have uh, Claudia Chantak, also from Body Slam, and Helene Simard, who's uh, been on the show recently to talk about uh, No Fun, which we had a lot of fun talking about. <laughs> anyway, so let's uh, let's get started by maybe uh, just discussing the backgrounds of the people that we haven't had on the show before. And I'd love to start uh, with you, Greg, because I think the last time we had you on the show was when we were doing a movement museum. Yeah. So we haven't had you on since we started the Dirty Feet podcast. Mm-hmm. And I would love it if you could give our listeners a little background on your training in dance and your interests as an artist. Sure, sure. So uh, I've been uh, b-boying or breakdancing, as some listeners may call it, for about 15 years or so. And uh, the past five years, I've been getting more and more interested in contemporary dance and other performance art. And um, just recently graduated from Concordia in contemporary dance. And uh, yeah, I've been working a lot at a bunch of different uh, contemporary dance projects, uh, juggling a few different things with Body Slam being uh, my main focus for the past couple of years, which uh, is basically an interdisciplinary exchange between a whole bunch of different dancers, musicians, poets, all creating together in the moment, all just trying to create one coherent show all together with each other, trading different roles, dancers talking, musicians coming through the space and seeking help from the audience sometimes too to try to figure out where we're at in our uh, life journey, basically, while having a ridiculous time, too, a lot of the time. And this has had plenty of different manifestations in the performance uh, aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it started off as um, as basically just a, not just a, but instead it was uh, more of uh, a cabaret of short pieces like we would often pair together artists for the first time and they'd only meet maybe like a few minutes before going on stage but basically it would be set that it would be like okay you guys will perform like four to six minutes uh this poet uh is there any kind of particular poem you want to read okay uh what's your type of dancing okay cool you'll be great together uh and now it's it, it changes kind of all the time 
uh, the structure that we work with, and we practice a lot together too to get used to working with each other. But now I think that we have so much uh, history together. Now that there are so many regular members of uh, Body Slam who keep coming back, we feel that it's easier for us to take the risk of breaking out of that structure of tiny short pieces uh, where we know a little bit what's going to happen and it's uh, much closer to improv uh, the structure is closer to improv it's just like one hour of pure madness and uh, we have uh, the research that comes out of practicing together on pretty much a weekly basis but uh, yeah it's almost completely open we really don't know uh, what's going to happen and you started this project when you were still at Concordia, is that right? Oh, yeah, I started it still at Concordia. It was uh, a project I started at the Fringe Fest uh, a little over two years ago. Uh, okay. And it's been like the past year or so that we've been uh, really at it seriously, really at it uh, pretty much every week practicing, having shows, not just like a, a run once a year, but about once a month or so. And... Uh, yeah, all throughout uh, the past couple of years, like membership's been changing from uh, year to year and even from uh, practice session to practice session. But more and more, we're uh, becoming a little bit more defined as to what we hope to accomplish every time we do a show and becoming more and more defined in terms of who some of the uh, core uh, Body Slam artists are. Speaking of which, perhaps mm-hmm. we should uh, introduce another one of the members of uh, Body Slam. Yeah, it's crazy that we've got uh, on the side of the table uh, four out of four uh, core Body Slam members. JD performs with us often, so five out of six of us here are uh, Body I'm Slammers. And maybe we'll convert you by the end of uh, this hour. <laughs> but Claudia, I was uh, hoping that you t- could give us a bit of uh, information about your parcours and, and where you come from. Tu peux parler en français ou en yeah, anglais? I think I'm going to speak French because my English is kind of okay. <laughs> Alors, euh, moi, j'ai commencé euh, à danser à 4 ans euh, dans une école de loisirs. Fait que c'était comme plus dernièrement que j'ai, je me suis vraiment euh, concentrée sur la danse. J'ai euh, étudié euh, en art visuel en premier. Ensuite, j'ai fait un bac à Concordia en Intermedia and Cyber Arts, où est-ce qu'on était un peu euh, tous ceux qui ne fitaient pas vraiment dans les autres programmes euh, artistiques. Donc euh, là, c'était vraiment chouette parce que j'ai rencontré plein de gens avec plein de, de connaissances différentes. Fait que ça m'a appris à, à collaborer puis à, à voir comment je pouvais apporter... Euh, ma touche avec la danse à travers tout ça, ce qui m'a amené à étudier euh, à l'UCAM dans un, un bac en création que j'ai fini, que c'est là que j'ai rencontré Greg aussi, en tout cas c'est dans ce contexte-là, qui m'a invité à Bodhisam, puis en ce moment je, je fais une maîtrise euh, en danse aussi, et euh, je suis un peu touche à tout, donc je, je chorégraphie, j'interprète, je fais beaucoup de vidéos ces temps-ci, puis de la performance aussi, voilà. And if we can just round off uh, the table too, and and Hélène, we've we've gone over your uh, parcours recently, but if you could tell us kind of your um, what appeals to you about this kind of uh, multidisciplinary improvisation-based work that you do uh, with Body Slam, I think what I enjoy most about Body Slam and about Greg's approach is actually the rehearsal space and the 
the permission to try things that you don't know if they're going to work or not. Um, often when we're creating, we have a lot of constraints in creation. So time is a constraint, your interpreter's time, money for renting studio spaces. Will I actually be able to do that in a show? And so sometimes you can go into a studio and try to make a show when you're choreographing and cut yourself off a lot. Whereas with Body Slam, we go in and we do like n'importe quoi and anything goes. And if it fails horribly, that's okay. Um, so I really enjoy the space that Greg creates where we can all just pitch ourselves in there and say, maybe I don't like the proposition that's happening, but I have to help make it work. Um, and it really forces you to kind of get out of your own habits and your own prejudices about what good art is or isn't. And it lets you listen to what's actually happening and serve the work instead of serving your own ego. So it's definitely a, a lot of fun. And I also like work that kind of doesn't have to define itself in is it dance or is it theater or is it, uh, you know, a poetry night or what is this? Well, who cares? It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, do we need to label things just in order to understand them or can we appreciate them for what they are? So that's what it I guess that's what attracts me to it. And Greg's kind of an all right guy to hang out with sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> okay, so I lied. I do want more information from the table right now. Because it, it, it is an, not an easy-to-define kind of experience, both for the audience and for the performers, I imagine, I would like to get uh, the last two perspectives that we have on the table. Uh, Stephanie, uh, could you give us your interpretation on what this project uh, does? Is. I think that the timing of it, I, I was the part of it when it was in the French and um, also while I was kind of working for the French. So it was a chance for me to kind of just jump into a show and still have, still feed myself with, with an audience or with sharing and an improv. And um, even though I was working a very like office based administrative job. So that was really nice. And I feel like the timing every time it's present in my life is always a really good time, especially when I got back from Paris and I kind of felt like I needed something and I needed to create and I needed to have somewhat of a community to be a part of, to, to feel like I could do that. Um, so right when I got back, I kind of dived right back in and it's the time when Body Slam had the Jean Valentin funding, which was wonderful because it did allow us to, to count on space to just explore, create and not worry about the final product and just kind of get to know each other as artists. And I think from that project on is when we were really able to develop um, having uh, people kind of come back and having this core team that we can count on. And when I say count on, it's mostly when you do something totally ridiculous that's not working, somebody who can kind of save you in that situation and make it work. And I think there's there's really something lovely in that uh, of just kind of going for something and not without hesitation. So, And it also feeds the work that I've been doing, which is completely different. And I feel like I the kind of person that wants to be doing everything at once and with a body slam you could do that uh there's just as was mentioned before of not having to label it a certain type of 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 dance or a certain type of evening whether it's poetry or whatever it's just it's just uh it's improv and it could be anything and the audience has a say or doesn't or it, everything's so different and there isn't a certain format that we follow. I feel like it's always very different where the only thing we'll probably rehearse is the bow at the end because that's always a, a really awkward moment. <laughs> I think that's all we rehearsed for the May show, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a, 
a one-word theme. I think it was like "Wow" that we uh, thought would be uh, the kind of oh, the theme yeah. of the show, which wow. we played with a bit. Uh. Everyone was super pissed off at the theme when Greg came up. <laughs> it really worked. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I hate this theme, but then realized that "Wow" could be anything, you mm. know. Because we don't, we aren't wowed by all the same things, and and it's kind of links back to the whole project being, you know, we don't bring all the same things to the table because we're not interested in all the same things, but we are interested in making those things work no matter what they are. And uh, JD, as a kind of peripheral member or sometimes participant in Body Slam, what is your perspective on the on the experience? My main experience uh, dancing with Greg and collaborating with Greg has been mostly in um, some of his student works done at Concordia, where uh, there was the same idea of openness and of really being um, willing to try new things and get ourselves out of our comfort zone. And when you're a student, that that's pretty stressful. I mean, even as a professional, it's still stressful. But when you're a student and you're used to people telling you, this is what you do when you dance... Um, having this freedom can be exhilarating and frightening at the same time. But that's one of the reasons I feel why it works, because there is this very vivid emotion that's going through the performance. And Body Slam embodies that in a very playful manner, I feel. Because, yes, it's about collaborating, but it's also about living the performance as an organic thing. So where you're constantly learning to adapt and constantly learning to live with what is being proposed. So as Ellen mentioned, like it, you, you need to move away from your ego and you need to move away from, um, well, this is what I want to do and this is what's going to make me look good on stage. No, it's about this is what's being proposed right now. What can I bring to the table that would make this grow or develop into a new direction that no one expected? So now it comes to the question of what is the difference between a rehearsal for Body Slam and a show for Body Slam? Huge difference in that we all have our ideas of what we want to propose and then our own ability to respond to the ideas proposed to us or not to completely reject them. Um, And that's all fine and good until you add another hundred people to the room uh, who also have what they think works and doesn't and usually vocalize that by applauding or laughing or not or booing you or feeling horribly awkward um and and that has to feed what happens as well it's i think a lot of performance these days gets made without the audience and so then people bring it to the audience and and then the artist will tell you what their work's about and they'll be like well what i wanted to express was blah 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 and honestly who cares because Nobody got in the audience probably got that, right? And so with Body Slam, it's completely open to people's interpretations because we don't even know what it means. And I find we often go not to run after laughter or run after or try to be cheeky, but if something is proposed and the audience reacts to it, then people will go with that and let that idea grow. Whereas we might have said, oh, no, that, it, that idea is not working. Cut it off. It's stupid. Let's Let's move on to something else. But if people are laughing then oh maybe it's funny and maybe you know maybe i thought what i was doing was horribly tragic and very serious and then everybody's laughing at it so then we have to know how to negotiate that as well so i I find that it's fun we've been working in a way where we rehearse together to learn how to listen to each other and be very responsive not only to each other but also to the proposal and and we've been having great opportunities recently um, in performances to to get that live feedback and see that we can switch and and be 
à l'écoute of, of the audience as well and include them. So that it doesn't have to... It was great after our show at the May. Um, someone said, oh, I really felt included in that show, a spectator. And so without us having to go and say, okay, now's the time for audience participation. Can someone get in on stage? People felt very included in the universe we created, which I think is really successful. Quite often, audience participation can feel a bit gimmicky, I feel, in, in performances we can see where it's like... Well, the whole concept of the piece is to bring people in, but then it becomes uh, more about the concept than about the actual interaction, I feel. Do you feel that this evolved naturally, this, this desire to connect with an audience, or is it just a byproduct of the original intention and the original concept? Uh, yeah, I think it evolved naturally. I, I think that it was uh, something that uh, we found uh, in moments just sort of kind of magically appeared just because of the fact we had an audience. Like in uh, our first run of Fringe shows, there was a moment where I was really trying to express uh, something that was uh, felt really profound to me when all of a sudden someone's cell phone <laughs> went off in the audience. <laughs> and it was like a, this kind of like salsa ringtone. And I think it was uh, Vincent who started playing like on saxophone, like uh, emulating the... Uh, the music and a couple of people started uh, started dancing salsa dancing <laughs> right behind me and basically everything I was trying to get out kind of got put on pause and we ended up just kind of going with with it and then trying to tie back in um, my ideas uh, someone tried to help me get back on track and then there's this kind of push and pull back and forth between let's just have fun and party and wait what is it that we're trying to really say here and I think like you were saying how like uh, audience participation can be uh, kind of gimmicky I think that um, it's something that uh, I'm afraid of doing and I think that it's much more interesting if uh, we can have a kind of conversation with the audience and that's why I think of it as something more organic, that it's uh, something that we're trying to draw from and not just something we're trying to use to entertain people. It's like, what? Can, well, there are all these people in the audience that uh, we may never get to know or that are friends of ours and might have skills that the people uh, on stage, the, uh, the people who are technically performers in the show, don't have. So, like, what is it that... Uh, can make the best possible experience right now like what can we learn from all of these uh human beings right now what can what can we all do together as opposed to oh uh when i say this you say that great yay that's fun who can come up from the audience and be our prop you know like that's yeah i feel that's kind of like a bullshit uh audience participation yeah. and uh, sometimes it can also lead to us getting kind of stuck too when we, um, because of the fact that we don't necessarily have uh, a clear intention of what we want from the audience. And it's something that I think we're getting better at also, at knowing how to read uh, how much someone is ready to participate. I think, yeah, we're getting better at um, interacting with people from the audience and including them in what we do. But, uh, yeah, the goal is really to find a way to to do it as as naturally as possible and not just have it as like a attacked on extra extra gimmick to our mm -hmm. shows. I think it's a it's an ongoing thing as well. It's not where it's like, okay, this is the time where the audience is going to participate or we're gonna find someone who's willing to do it. I think it's it's this it's it's an exchange that happens from the start 
and there's this just an openness where whether it actually happens or not there's always that possibility that it might happen i find it interesting the use of text that you have in in your uh, shows because uh, music and dance is very interpretive and text can be a lot more direct sometimes and and text is also also used in i mean we're sitting in in montreal improv right now you know there's a whole surrounding method of improvising with text and creating a story with text and when you have when you invite poets to come in or when you invite storytellers to come in do you have to treat that differently than you treat the other mediums that you use because it's so descriptive personally i i find myself even as a dancer most uh uh i guess a most affected by words still like uh and uh but i don't know if uh we treat uh poets necessarily any differently i, I think that uh in body sound like everybody has the opportunity to uh to speak and often often the dancers are the ones expressing through words some of the things that are most personal and most ridiculous maybe because of the fact that uh it's coming out of out of their movement, like after like an in, intense uh, moment of dance, you might have discovered something that you really, really want to say. But uh, definitely, it's great to have uh, have people who are really, uh, really skilled at storytelling and putting great words together to be able to help us to uh, to figure out what it is that we're we're trying to get at. I feel that they're in a sense kind of the uh, the narrators to uh, to our shows. D'improviser avec quelqu'un qui parle, il y, y a beaucoup d'éléments avec lesquels on peut jouer. Il y a la musicalité de sa voix, il y a ce que ces mm. mots veulent dire. Y a, des fois, il y a la répétition que la personne remarque que quand il dit tel mot, ben il se passe tel truc dans. En fait, y a, y a, ça ouvre vraiment un, de, un grand champ de possibilités que je trouve qu'avec la musique, on, on l'a exploré, on l'a vu souvent dans les shows, mais avec avec la voix puis le texte, tout ce que ça signifie, euh, vraiment, on peut aller ailleurs. Puis moi, c'est aussi euh, mon, mon bonbon, là, quand j'arrive à faire bouger quelqu'un qui parle, parce que souvent, ils sont dans leur coin, puis ils s'expriment par la voix, mais de, de voir leur, leur vulnérabilité quand ils se mettent à, à performer physiquement, ça, je trouve c'est vraiment euh, c'est vraiment touchant. Mmh. Je pense qu'il y a les spectacles qui sont le, le mieux réussi pour nous en tant que collectif. C'est vraiment les spectacles où... Que, il n'y avait pas nécessairement de, de, des étiquettes pour dire que okay, c'est toi qui fais de la danse, c'est toi qui fais de la musique, puis que les pour les répètes, que tout le monde participe autant pour les activités euh, en écriture que, que de, de parler à haute voix, que de faire de, de, de la musique, tu sais, que tout le monde participe de façon égale, qui fait en sorte que les possibilités, il y en a encore plus, puis que, que tu sois confortable à toi-même céder la place si oui, tu es danseuse, de céder la place à quelqu'un d'autre pour faire ce mouvement-là puis que toi, tu es supportes d'une autre façon qui n'est pas nécessairement ce que tu as étudié à l'école. Donc, euh, je pense que les possibilités-là de vraiment pouvoir ouvrir les portes puis on, on, on est des improvisés, on fait de l'improvisation puis euh, que c'est pas nécessairement toi, tu danses et toi, tu fais de la poésie. Mmh. Puis c'est vraiment les spectacles les mieux réussis, je trouve, que quand on a pu euh, dépasser ces barrières-là de, de, de séparation pour les activités, pour les répètes, puis aussi pour les, les, les spectacles. J'ai voulu, voulu dire que sur l'idée de, uh, uh, de la musicalité, de voix, des choses comme ça, uh, myself, I don't speak French uh, super well, and we have uh, francophone uh, dancers, musicians, and poets, so a lot of the time, uh, the voice will be uh, 
expressing ideas uh, in French, and sometimes you know you just got to kind of assume that yourself and person speaking are going in, if not similar directions, at least complementary directions, and you just keep going with what you're doing and kind of try to decode what they're saying, but just sort of uh, have faith that uh, maybe in like a John Cage, Merce Cunningham kind of way that like coincidences are just going to arise from the two of you being from, from different worlds, doing different different things. And Greg, you're the artistic director. That's how mm-hmm. you describe your role uh, yeah. as part of the Body Slam. It is a collective. It is mm-hmm. something where a lot of people bring their own artistic integration to the process. Do you ever feel that you need to rein things in, that uh, if, if it becomes too much happening at the same time, do you ever have this artistic director eye where you make you know choices where it's, okay, no, you, you need to stop that? Or is it more of a everyone has that role to sort of bring the performance to a certain direction? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or if he feels like he should do that, does he do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. I, th- I think I feel it more often than I, I do it. Uh, I think we I, kind of all do it. Yeah, we, we do. We kind of take our turns in supporting each other in, in taking that role or... or putting things back on track whatever that track is because there isn't actually a track to go back onto since it's all improv right so it's all so abstract but I I, I remember times where you know where Crozia will really make a clear proposition change or Eden would do the same or Greg it's like I think we all kind of jump in when we could with the energy that we could depending on whether we're a major or minor role at the time I don't know I, I mean, I also think I think um, with the core group that's developing, there's a lot of us who really like our, our eggs freaky side up. And uh, sometimes we scare Greg a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, true. <laughs> but um, I, what I find works about his approach to directing is that he lets it happen and understand that sometimes even if he doesn't even understand what's going on, that if it's working, it's working. And then again, he, he I, I appreciate that he as an artistic director does the same exercise as we do of letting mm-hmm. your own aesthetic preferences mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. and trying to understand what's happening and how can we make this thing that's happening work. So mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, sorry, Greg, if we make your shows kind of crazy sometimes. <laughs> what's lovely about this is that there's this... Um this trust thing where you just know that everyone you're sharing the stage with trusts you with your decisions and trust that you'll be there to help them or to it's like this support thing it's really an exchange so I think that we kind of all step up when we have to or when we want to or when we need to so it's really open it's really lovely and would you say that body slam as an artistic endeavor is very much a Montreal Thing. Do you feel that it, it very much uh, represents Montreal as an artistic scene? I mean, I'd, I'd like to say that uh, it's a good representation of Montreal because of uh, how much of uh, a multicultural city Montreal is and how we have all kinds of different artists from all kinds of different cultures. But I think that's just kind of like rhetoric bullshit uh, mostly I mean I, I really feel that um, we, we often have uh, artists uh, passing in in through Montreal from from other cities who might be here for a few weeks and find ways to bring them in and uh, I think that um, body slam is an idea that 
maybe maybe does work partic- better in Montreal than it would in Toronto. Maybe, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I feel that it's, uh, I think the idea of just bringing uh, awesome artists together, I feel that we're lucky that we, uh, we've kind of snowballed into bringing together a whole bunch of awesome artists because a lot of artists from Body Slam have referred me to other awesome artists we've been able to bring in. Uh, so we're lucky that we have a, a great bunch that uh, you wouldn't be able to find maybe in any other uh, in any other city. But I don't know if that's necessarily something particular to Montreal. I think it might just be kind of particular to our circle of friends and artistic acquaintances. Well, I mean, in the North American context, it's definitely not a project that could work everywhere because dance in North America is still primarily in a following of a modern dance into postmodern dance tradition where we're still talking about questions of the body in space Mm -hmm. and virtuosity and beauty Um, whereas in Montreal it's a very different approach it's a much more European approach to the question of like well if this isn't dance, who cares? And where where can we go with it? I find there's a, a porosity to dance in Montreal that allows for other disciplines to make mm-hmm. their way in and install themselves in the disciplinary practice that definitely you wouldn't see in Toronto. Mm. Um, and so there is something very Montreal about it in that way. And that audiences here are educated to appreciating interdisciplinary work I think makes what we're doing able to succeed but that being said that could happen in a lot of different places um, because there's artists all over the world right now who are really interested in pushing Mm -hmm. disciplinary boundaries or even eradicating them completely and so I think that as that trend as the contemporary performance trend develops throughout the world or pratique performative as it gets called in French I think that this type of work will be more accessible yeah. Uh, and and more visible and probably be happening in a lot of different cities. Hmm. And I think this space has a big impact on what we're doing. Even just being in Montreal, yeah, there's maybe this certain setup that that we have as far as like what we're going to present in Montreal as compared to somewhere else in in Canada or somewhere else in in the world. But I feel like the just the physical space and what we're surrounded with, as much as the people in the audience and what they give back to us. So I feel like the the shows wouldn't be the same because they aren't the same depending on the venue that we have. They aren't the same depending on the different audience members, the people who decide to participate or not, and then overall in the, like the different cities and and the and also the 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 cultural backgrounds and the the backgrounds of uh, the the performers themselves and and where they're coming from, right? So I think it's there's so many de facteurs variables changes everything. As far as the people involved in the project and what makes them appropriate for this kind of work, like I guess regardless of your of your discipline, you'd have to be obviously you'd have to master it. You'd also have to be a good listener. What, what other skills are required? Like as far as your collaborators go, are, are there instances where people didn't gel and there's a very specific reason why that didn't work, or is it because you're also open to this process that kind of anybody can be integrated so long as they're open as well? I think I used to think that uh, virtuosity, that just being really good at your one particular thing would be pretty much enough. And that especially if we had like uh, if nine out of ten of us were very focused on making the composition work, very focused on listening and uh, trying to shut up someone who is uh, 
getting a little too crazy. It could be uh, a fun and interesting contrast. But I find that um, the more we do it, that the times that it doesn't work is when we try to uh, bring in people who are really just good at their one particular thing and don't really have experience with improv. Because it's something that just improvising, interdisciplinary improv, especially with other artists, it's uh, really something that takes a lot of time to get good at. And I feel we've gotten a lot better at it the past year now that we're working at it uh, once a week. So, uh, yeah, I originally really hoped that we could just uh, always bring together like a, a dozen artists who've never met before, who've barely improvised or never improvised before, who are just really good at their their thing and that it'll just work out because everybody's awesome. But yeah, I, the more that we do it, the more I find that, uh, yeah, that these uh, different skills and patiences and areas of interest, of uh, uh, interest in ideas and interest in, um, yeah, connecting with uh, audiences and connecting with connecting with other artists from different disciplines I feel it's necessary to be able to uh, to really put on a, uh, a good performance and to have a meaningful uh, meaningful moment yeah and, and it's not even I mean if if you'll permit me it's not even an interest and openness to improv because there's a lot of people who come in who are good improvisers who it might not work it's more of an interest in spontaneous creation mm-hmm. and spontaneous choreography um, and and of an understanding of of dramaturgy and an understanding of pacing hmm. um, because you could have amazing improvisers uh, improvise for an hour and a half and have it not ha- have any sense in the déroulement of the performance, mm-hmm. right? Um, I went to a conference in the UK this summer and we had this big improv jam and it really struck me and these are amazing dance improvisers, great movers, really great musicians, but it was just an hour and a half of n'importe quoi because it wasn't a show. It was just improvising together. It was a very community-based, experience-based thing. As soon as you start doing that in the optic that you're making a performance out of it, then you have to think about, okay, oh, we're in this really soft space, and we're, oh, we're really pushing our timing here. We're really going on too long. Okay, after this, we'll need something super dynamic to come in and just shake things up. Mm-hmm. And so someone comes in and does super, something super dynamic. And then, oh, okay, we had this super dynamic entertaining thing. Now now somebody's going to come in with something maybe a bit more serious or a bit more poetic. So I, I find that everybody in the group has, has a really good attention to that and a really good attention to not just wanting to do, like Greg said, their thing. When people come in and just want to do their thing, they're just going to become kind of uh, a trick, like JD was saying. It's going to become that trick of the audience interaction. Oh, okay, and here's a guy. Wow, he can spit on his head. Yay, there's five minutes. But, you know, at the end of the day, who cares? Um, what what does the whole show do? It's not just the pieces. It's the entire performance. Puis je pense aussi que c'est super important qu'on, qu'on soit un groupe, qu'on, qu'on ait de, du talent en tant que groupe. Tu sais, oui, on peut être bon dans, chacun dans ce qu'on fait, mais je pense que notre force à Bolisam, c'est qu'on on comprend qui on est, on sait où est-ce qu'on s'en va, même si on sait pas du tout ce qu'on va faire. On, on a tellement développé des stratégies pour savoir comment improviser ensemble. Je pense que c'est vraiment là la force. Et là, quand on rajoute des artistes qu'on connaît pas du tout, ils ont déjà un, une idée de, de qui on est, où est-ce qu'on s'en va. Puis je pense que c'est ça un peu la beauté de, de Buddy Slam, de voir que, tu sais, quand tu es spectateur, tu le vois qu'un artiste vient de tendre un piège à l'autre ou que l'autre vient sauver une situation. Il y a tout l'aspect du groupe. Je pense que c'est vraiment... Euh, ça crée des beaux moments 
qu'on voit, même si euh, la danse était super nulle, euh, techniquement, euh, on s'en fout. Là. Ça représente un peu aussi la vie, qu'il y ait des gens qui, qui, qui rentrent, qui sortent, qui, qui ont des, des propositions différentes, qu'on qu s'entraide, qu'on s'ignore, qu'on sait. J'espère, je trouve, en gros, il y a comme une compréhension là-dedans qu'on qu peut appliquer vraiment partout. Puis que ce soit dans des pièces super chorégraphiées ou, ou c'est que de vivre dans le moment présent de façon spontanée dans ta vie de tous les jours. Il y a comme vraiment quelque chose de, de super humain là-dedans. Quand tu comprends ça, tu comprends beaucoup de choses. Mais c'est sûr qu'il y a encore des questions à répondre. J'ai pas tout compris la vie, c'est pas ça que je dis. <rire> tout compris, là, c'est fini, Stéphane. I'm ready to die. <rire> yeah, I think it also. Uh, I think it's. No. Not necessary for every uh, body slammers, but important that uh, for me that there are many people who are interested in questioning their purpose in life while on stage, whether directly bringing up that question or at least being able to engage with it. Cause who am sure, I? <laughs> like uh, last last year at Fringe, I uh, brought a, a psychotherapist on stage with me, and I was talking to him while dancing. Uh, I, I think that. Um, I think composition is a big part of it, but I think it's also really great that we can uh, analyze these uh, these big questions using not just uh, not just words, but using dance and music and looking at how these different disciplines can all approach and contribute to these same questions. I think it's feeling comfortable about something, but also being ready to get out of your comfort zone and push your limits and and surprise yourself because I and I I really felt that happen during our last performance at the May where mm -hmm. we all kind of there's things that came out from people that I've been improvising with and thought I could kind of predict what they would bring to the table and was still blown away and even for myself of like kind of going somewhere that I thought wasn't a thing you know of, of just like whether it's very an emotional place or a crazy um you know bunny hopping with your no pants, pants to your ankles <laughs> it's just like these things I remember. i'm just like is this is this actually happening right now yeah it is all right well i'm just gonna join in or you know so it's it's um it's quite the ride it's good It's quite the red. And I think, I mean, apart from just serving the project itself, um, for me, Body Slam serves me in my own artistic practice because you bring all that work, all the work that we do in rehearsals of being open and honest and generous and present and to use a word I hate, authentic. Um, but <laughs> that's the work we're doing because it's improv and that's what improv is. But to bring that into your own artistic work, um, I, I bring all the work we've been doing at least in that démarche of trying to open yourself up into my own choreographic space. And so when I'm working in my own choreographic space, uh, I'm able to, to take that same approach and be open to the work that's being made and be more efficient with my own practice as well. So it's, it's great that way too. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Greg. You're We welcome. love you, Greg. I love We no love fun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's really interesting to, to watch something so close to after having going through this like very intensive uh, rehearsal time and doing a performance together and then watching each other's work and kind of finding like it's it, it makes me smile it's just like yeah this totally makes sense and I understand I don't know there's this like other understanding of, of, of each other maybe maybe that's just me but I really feel like so it was nice to see um, the piece I saw mo most recently like no fun that it ended 
and just kind of wanting to be a part of it and I don't know if it was because <laughs> I like usually I'm on stage with I don't know it was great yeah is there some uh, Body Slam spin-off projects like Steph has been working with uh, Ian a lot touring they met at Body Slam and yeah I've been working a little bit with uh, an MC and some musicians that uh, I got uh, hooked up with through Body Slam so uh, yeah it's just great to be able to just jump into collaborating with people uh so quickly like that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start Body Slam in the first place because all the time like I'll meet people at an event and be like oh it'd be great to work with you one day but like one day kind of turns out to be never but with Body Slam and just be like, hey, uh, do you want to come uh, hit the studio with us? Or even do you want to just jump on stage with us next week? Uh, we'll figure something out. And well, I'm thoroughly intrigued now. So the answer is yes, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Guys, this was actually your audition. <laughs> <laughs> so now, did you bring this the shaver? You got to shave your head first. <laughs> it's like the initiation. No. But I would like to hear about when the next chance we'll have to see a Body Slam show will be. And what's the next step for this project? Uh, we don't know when the next one is going to be. We're going to be performing at uh, Mainline for shows over the next few months. We don't know when yet. The next uh, couple shows we have uh, booked for sure uh, are going to be at uh, Marché d'Art Vivant coming up in April and also at uh, the ASAC conference, uh, the curatorial conference in April. We're going to mm-hmm. be Wicked. doing a little something-something on the Sunday. Do you have a website that we yeah, can Yeah, we do. Uh, bodyslamjam.com. Perfect. Thank you all so much for being hey, here today. We've been speaking you. with Hélène Simard, Claudia Chantok, and uh, Greg Salinger, along with, of course, 30 Feet hosts uh, Stephanie Morin-Robert and uh, J.D. Papillon about Body Slam. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par... Produced and hosted by Alison Burns... J.D. Papillon... et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com, follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet, and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou... Vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show. <laughs>